Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And welcome back. We, of course, every week love to check in with our friends in the fantasy industry, whether it's fantasy or reality. Nobody better to follow on Twitter in the fantasy industry than Howard Bender at RotoBuzzGuy on Twitter. Of course, you can find all of his work at Fantasy Alarm and over on Satellite Radio. And he joins us now for a few minutes to catch up, a weekly catch up, it feels like here with Howard. Howard, uh, good afternoon. What's going on? How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me back again. Yeah, this is a uh... Uh, two close appearances to each other. I'm I'm kind of flattered, but yeah, you know, yeah. listen, who else are you gonna sit there and talk about nonsense with when there's no sports going on, Craig? Yeah, and and I think that we are a little disappointed with that. Did you have any tickets uh, for any shows, like um, you know, any fish shows or anything like that planned? I know you had a big vacation uh, plan that I think that you had to postpone. It it was in June or July, if I'm not mistaken. Was that um, my right? About? It was. It was in July. Yeah, all those all those fish shows uh, got canceled, uh, but they turned around. They said we're just going to run this exact same tour in 2021. So okay. if you got tickets for that, hold on to them because they're good for next year. And if you want a refund, we'll give you a refund. So I basically uh, I just uh, maintained everything, and I'll just push it off to next year. Yeah, it's interesting that, uh, you know, my wife, you know, likes to go to concerts and everything like that. She bought tickets to see Cher and uh, Cher canceled, but like did like this whole like we had tickets to other concerts. They notified us. They told us the deal. Uh, You know, Elton John was one of them. He said, oh, you may want to hold your tickets. They were like, yeah, right. We'll take our money back. But Cher sort of did it in a way, Howard. It was like uh, you could get your money back if you hit this button right now, but if not, you get nothing and you have to wait. It was like, what? You know, it was like, and we like missed the deadline or something like that. So now my wife's all up at arms and she's like, that share is so sneaky. I'm like, Dude, I don't think share has a clue as to probably what's going on with that. Share's <laughs> not making those decisions. Share's <laughs> like, don't let them hit the button or, you know, but <laughs> I, you know, I, I think that that's part of it. I mean, is that, is that one of the things that you, that you miss most? I know that you grind so hard during football season and then it goes right into baseball draft season and you you sort of get that two months i mean look for some people i know they're heavy into it uh in june and and maybe even in july to a degree once camp's over but i know that's kind of like your big time to take a step back and i know that you're not going to get that this year i'm sorry for you oh i appreciate that yeah it's usually it's around new year's which is uh which is some time when i get to take uh take a little bit of time off but yeah sometime uh, over the summer, and I just kind of put together some long weekends together and, and make sure I do that. I've, I've yet to, I don't think in my entire life I've ever taken that two-week vacation where I've just <laughs> never done anything but just be on vacation. I can't remember. I, I've never done that, ever. I mean, maybe I did it as a kid with my parents at some point, but, I mean, really, when you're a kid, do you really need that vacation? No, but, um, yeah, listen, it's, it's tough to keep the batteries uh, recharged when, you know, live music, which is, you know, one of my ultimate passions. That's your big thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when that's not in play, it's definitely tough to uh, to maintain. So it's like my two biggest loves, live music and baseball. Neither of them are happening. And I don't know if I'm going to see either of them until 2021. Uh, yeah, I know. And for people who don't know and maybe just watching this show, I know a lot of people now are watching us on, uh, on Roku and, and some of the different apps. Uh, not only is Howard a great follow on social media at Rotobuzz Guy, but he runs uh, the Fantasy Alarm website. And what's interesting about Howard is that, unlike you know really anybody in the fantasy industry, he's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week to talk to you, <laughs> except for those times where he's at a show and he's like, "Guys, you're on your own. Fly, birdies, fly. Talk to you in a day or two. And, and I respect that. You know, it's either you're all in or you're all out. I mean, it's kind of the it's kind of the only way to do fantasy at this point. So I uh, I certainly respect that about you. Uh, you know, you mentioned baseball here at this point. We are closing in um, on, I think, having, you know, some announcements coming pretty soon here. Uh, will you partake in any of the leagues this year, Howard, or are you out completely in any fantasy league? Let's assume the season's less than 80 games. I, I don't want to be out. I'm not going to pick up any new leagues. I'd like to see the leagues that I'm, I'm currently in, uh, if we're going to do a redraft in some of them. But you know, you and I do that NL only league. I mean, it, it's tough to do, especially with the the way that they're going to yeah. work rework the schedule right now uh, to be able to really kind of make that happen. But 
I mean, if you were to turn around and say, you know what, let's just do 12-team Roto right here, right now, just to give us, you know, something to keep the group together, you know, because it's a good group of guys. It really is. And so, you know, if, if we were to keep the group together and just do the, something simple like that, I'd be fine with it. In the meantime, I'm not really looking to pick up any new leagues. I'm not looking to try anything new. Uh, well, no, I take that back. I got roped into this uh, MLB NFL combo league uh, from Sirius XM, which know, we're, we're still not we're still not done with the draft. It's a slow draft. And like there's a legit chance that they could cancel the MLB season, rendering this draft 100 percent useless. So I'm, I'm trying I, to I'm avoid aware. that. Yeah, I, I, you know, toward the end of my tenure, a lot of these things started happening, and I knew better than to get involved in those uh, sort of things. It all came down to who the commissioner was, and once I knew who that was, I knew this is probably uh, going to be a bad idea. That is, that is for sure. So the the other part of this is that you know, when and we have Matt Sells on the show throughout the week, and and he talks NASCAR with us, and he's been doing great. I know on your DFS end, uh, but I, I know that you're now and you know on your show and on your site. And your your draft guide is live also for for the fantasy football season. So uh, when I do check in with you, because you essentially uh, really have the most prominent uh, mock drafting going on right now in the country, what is is there anything in particular that that you've seen? I guess maybe I know last week you talked about some players on the rise falling. Did anything happen to Ezekiel Elliott over the past week, or, or now are there concerns with guys who may test positive with COVID and? you know, drafting handcuffs. We're starting to see that come around uh, on Twitter and wondering what your thoughts are, at least to start there. I think we're a, we're a little, you know, far out right now based on, you know, with the the positive COVID tests for Ezekiel Elliott. I haven't done, I'm actually, I'm going to be in a, uh, a draft masters best ball over at RT Sports uh, later on tonight at, you know, like 7.30. So that'll be actually my first, draft with based on that information um okay. you know i think the only thing that we've really seen football wise right now everybody ag agrees that the the wide receiver position is super deep um but what we're seeing now is like guys like dalvin cook joe mixon the guys who have talked about the possibility of holding out um you're starting to see some gun shy people there and now all of a sudden where dalvin cook was a no-brainer top four top five pick uh could end up slipping down uh, somewhere in the in the eighth or the ninth round, you're seeing their handcuffs uh, move up on draft boards a little bit. But you know, right now there's there's really you know this obviously this is a dead time for us in the in the sense of you know what kind of movement we're going to see in ADP only because these guys aren't in camp. Yeah. Um, there's no OTAs. They missed no. the mini camp. Now there's talk about you know they, they've already extended the virtual camp. Uh, they're talking about getting rid of two preseason games so that training camp itself can be a little bit, you know, more full. But overall, you know, you're just you're not seeing a lot of things going on in the news that are really moving the needle all that much. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was thinking of you the other day because I know that, look, you are running a fantasy business and I know how important that uh, is to you. But you are one of the few that also keep it very real as it pertains to things. And uh, the the tweets from some people I saw, uh, Howard, in the industry about uh, Ezekiel Elliott, oh, no, he'll be fine by the time the season starts. I don't think that this is anything to worry about. The football season will go on as planned. And I, I wanted to say, like, like, I understand, like, you're getting paid to be in this industry like me. You know, I get it. But, like, do you have any awareness whatsoever? Like, what could happen if a player tests positive on his team or five do? They're going to cancel a game. They could cancel a season. But, oh, no, no, no. Good thing that it happened right now and that it didn't happen in two months from now. I thought of you, like, the cynicism and you probably were like, what the? You know, what do you, what do you? I mean, it's a horrible thing to have this guy test positive, whether or not he feels great or not. It's the other people who he's putting in jeopardy. Right. It's the asymptomatic things. We've been talking about that a lot, you know, with the, you know, and my biggest question is, is that, okay, fine. If we're not going to talk about football because you're so far out and everybody will be healed, everybody will be fine. What about when you're talking about things like the NBA, where they're supposed to be okay. starting up their playoffs? Grant, everybody's going to be in some big bubble uh, in, uh, you know, in, in the, uh, in Disney. But the bottom line is, is that you've got guys like James Harden who has asthma. You know, and, and COVID obviously affects the lungs. So, you know, how many of these players, now that they see Ezekiel Elliott, Cowboys, Texans, uh, these guys are all suddenly, you know, they're testing positive. 
Like, do you really want to jump into the bubble knowing that maybe somebody's asymptomatic but could still happen? I know they're going to test everybody, but, you know, again, you can't tell me that security is so heightened and so perfect that nobody's going to, you know, kind of find their way in or out and get exposed to somebody else. So, you know, you worry about how many of those players are going to turn around and say, you know what, it's just not worth the risk, I'm out. And then all of a sudden you've got, you know, a dozen marquee NBA stars sitting out the playoffs. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a great point. And it's like, and even with baseball, we're so happy. We're, uh, I mean, happy is not the word for baseball right now. But when, when, it, when indeed something does happen positive, we're going to be so happy that they're going to put everybody back on the field without even factoring in or even considering the fact that this could be a start and stop. I know here where I live in the state of Florida, they've essentially halted all future openings because the uh, positive rate had went up. And it's look, uh, you know, I, I said to somebody the other day, it's like, when are things going to get back to normal? And, and he said to me, this is the new normal. I mean, this is the way that we're going to be for a while for sure. Uh, all right, Howard, before you go, uh, hit people up here. Um, let, let them know about your uh, draft guide. I know that it's out right now. It's a living draft guide, which means that it gets updated all the time. Um, and, and let people know how they can take a look at that here for the 2020 season. Yeah, sure. Just head on over to fantasyalarm.com if you want to purchase the draft guide. It's fantasyalarm.com slash NFL draft guide. Uh, rookie sleepers, busts article, those are all out right now. All of my rankings, uh, PPR, standard, 2QB, dynasty, rookies, everything, uh, all set there. And I've actually just rolled out uh, a pair of strategy session articles uh, as well. So you'll see all of that uh, coming out on a daily basis between now and and the uh, and the start of the regular season. So and it's a uh, half price off. You know, early bird special, nineteen ninety seven gets you everything that you could possibly want. Uh, the welcome letter is sitting there on the home page, and that just outlines everything that you'll get in the guide, and it's free to look at that welcome letter. All right, awesome. Head on over there, fantasyalarm.com. Of course, Howard does a great job. My co-host Joe Pizzapia with his black book does a great job. Roto experts. We have a lot of people competing. I know for the same information, but essentially it is great to get the opinions of a lot of people. You shouldn't just rely on one person to get your information. It should be everybody else, and then you make the final decision on your fantasy teams this year. All right, Howard, thanks a lot. We'll catch up with you soon. Have a great day, okay? Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Craig. Always a pleasure. All right, Howard Bender, Fantasy Alarm, fantasyalarm.com. Follow him on Twitter, at RotoBuzzGuy. We'll take a quick time out here on FST. we got plenty more to come right here on SportsGrid. Make sure you head on over to our YouTube channel. Our brand-new radio channel is up. It is SportsGrid Radio, highlighting some of the shows that are not just on TV, but also on radio on SB Nation and some of the other platforms that we have on. You can see and hear Scott Wetzel's show, Scott Farrell's show, uh, Gabe Morency, and all of the other great programming that we have going on right now. TV, radio, we got it all covered for you here on SportsGrid, and we got more on this show coming up next, so don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. Craig and Joe with you here on FST. We'll be back here tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern. Later on in the week, we're going to have Matt Sells covering NASCAR for us. Gray Albright over at Rasball.com. Not really sure what Gray covers for us at all, but he does come on the show every week and we do talk. So that's a, that's a, that's a segment that's coming up. And, um, you know, certainly what's interesting is we had John Sheeran on the show last week. He's the director of the FanDuel Sportsbook. And he talked about keeping content fresh, new, and always giving people who like to play the odds a little bit an opportunity. And so in looking at the FanDuel Sportsbook this morning, I was able to you know, sort of pull up some interesting potential uh, odds in the NFL that we're going to look at. And as long as they keep producing some interesting content, I want to bring it out here on the show. And so that's the fun thing about the FanDuel Sportsbook, Joe, is that there's no really no stone unturned they're always trying to uh, start new things and give people new opportunities to bet and and again you got to understand these and, and john mentioned this on the show last week too i mean these are not ten thousand dollar bets that are going on on fanduel you know it's a hundred here a hundred there the max bet is very low on some of these as well but it gives you an opportunity to get in on some action 
in a time when it's pretty slow in sports. Yeah, and it's given us a segment almost every single day. So I want to personally thank him because it's not always the easiest thing to do two hours of sports talk when there's no sports. But yet we do it every single day because we're special. And I mean that. We are special, that's for sure. But yes, these these odds have been very good. They've also given not only a lot of content, but a lot of food for thought, too, about what your expectations should be for some of these players, too. Like when we've done a lot of these wide receiver props and looking at some of the rookies and where we're thinking of them. And if Vegas sees them one way, if FanDuel sees them in a certain situation of saying, well, we think it's going to be around this number, FanDuel says that, then you should be taking that into account because they're not going to put that number out there to be wrong necessarily. They're going to put that number out to be as spot on as they possibly can. And if that's the case, then you need to take that into account and bring that into your fantasy leagues. And we use a lot of prop bet stuff on FanDuel on my podcast in order to spin that into projections for fantasy and what you should be looking at because if they think that, you should be paying attention to it as well. All right, so let's take a look at Tom Brady's odds uh, in terms of 2020, but you may be surprised what we're going to go with today. And we're going to use uh, his interceptions, Joe. And this is uh, you know, a, a prop on FanDuel that you can get involved in right now. Let's take a look. Uh, the over is 10.5 and, and the under is 10.5. And, and over the last four years, Joe, it's interesting that you know, Brady essentially has never thrown over Ten and a half touched uh, interceptions, with the exception of uh, one season a couple of years ago. You'd have to go back really in the early part of his career. But I guess the expectation is is that there is certainly a chance that he could be throwing a lot more in the situation that he's going to be in in Tampa. You illustrated the fact that the running game it looks weak going into the season, and he has two great wide receivers and even a couple of really good tight ends. So. I mean, do, do they scale his work back? Do they hand off the ball? It seems like this number feels a little bit high that it's dragging you to the under, but they make these numbers for a reason, Joe. And there may be the reason why is because we're all being foolish here and the number will go over. Well, when you mentioned Brady, yes, early in his career, he was kind of over this number every year. But if you look at some other years, 2009, he had 13, 2011, 12, 2013, 11, and 2018, he had 11 as well. So there's some precedence there for that. I think the one thing that kind of goes hand in hand here is how many times, uh, and this is from Pro Football Reference, by the way, this is where the stats are for the interceptions. And I mean, when I'm looking at that and looking at these totals, you're also looking at how many attempts he had in those seasons. So the one thing they have to go hand in hand with is over 600 attempts. And I guess that's the question for for me to you is, do you think Brady goes over 600 attempts? Because if he does, then I think that you could be looking at this being a number where you would take the over just in the sheer volume of that then and the Bruce Arians offense, which is a little bit, let's just say a little bit more risk, less risk adverse, I guess, than the New England Patriots have been. Because if I think he's going over 600 and I think he might, I actually would take this over. What do you think about that? I definitely like the over here I, I, for a lot of different reasons. And you're know, trying to paint the picture for the under is also you know pretty simple. Uh, if, if they're not asking Brady to throw the ball 50 times a game and they do work in their running backs, whoever they may be this season, whether it's uh, Ronald Jones or the kid that they drafted, then potentially this could be an under for sure. I mean, it's, it, and by the way, the other thing that could happen is Brady could miss two games or a game with an injury and this goes under as well. Uh, but my narrative that I would paint would be toward the over. And I do think that uh, the, you don't bring Tom Brady in to hand the ball off. I don't think. And especially with those other two wide to receivers who? there. <laughs> that's the other question. Who are you handing it off to? I don't know. Yeah, no, well, that, that stuff gets sorted out. But they but they have two really elite wide receivers for sure. And I think that he is going to feel a little bit more pressure to throw the ball as well. And and being in a new spot for him, I think that I think that there's going to be a lot of passes thrown, and I think some of them will be mistakes. And I got to tell you, if he cuts that number, uh, that Winston number, from 30 down to like seven, uh, Bucks are going to be in the playoffs if that's the case. But I don't really think so. And I think age eventually shows its head at some point. I'll always bet against the old guy. No offense, Tom Brady, who's as old as me. I'm going over. <laughs> I'm going over on my lean. Yeah. My lean over ten and a half. I'm, I'm leaning over as well because I do think they're going to throw the ball a lot because of necessity. Uh, I, I know you say they sort it out, but they've been trying to sort this out for three years and they haven't sorted it out. And I don't know if Keyshawn Vaughn's the answer. Who was the last good Bucks running back? Oh, God, I don't know. Mike Allstott? <laughs> Cadillac, no, I, maybe? What's that? Cadillac Williams? Uh, yeah, but even that window was awfully small. But he had one really good year. So. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, he had one. Who was really the last good year? I I'd, I'd have to go back and look. Cause off the it's oh it's Doug Martin. That's a great one. Yeah, Brett. Yeah, I've totally forgot about Doug Martin. He was yeah. okay. Excellent. 
Oh my god. Excellent. Oh, here we go. Oh, uh, now I've got I don't know. I don't remember being excellent. I remember oh, Doug Martin being so Doug Martin was like the best running back in the NFL for a year. Come on. What what year was that? Oh yes, he was. Is this like how Brady never threw over more than ten interceptions? 2012. Okay, well, give me the numbers. I don't even want to look at them. Give me what the numbers. Would you guess? What would you guess Doug Martin rushed for? How many yards? Well, I, you said he was outstanding. He was one so. of the best running backs in the NFL. Uh, well, that number, I'm looking at 1,200 at least. 1,500. Okay, well, then color me wrong. That was a great year. What would he do the next year? Uh, 400, 400, but then <laughs> 1,500 again. What happened to two 400 years? He just phoned it in? He just no, I, guess he season? Was, I guess he missed time, but that first year as a rookie, he was amazing. 1,450 yards, 11 rushing touchdowns, 472 uh, yards receiving, and 49 receptions. And hey, it's, yeah, it's terrific. Too bad he's not on this team because he's not. Ronald Jones is and Keyshawn Vaughn is. And I don't know if rookie running backs with Tom Brady is what you want to be thrown out there necessarily. You know, worked with Sody Michelle, but that was a different scenario. You're surrounding him with a lot of other guys around there to protect uh, the asset. I, I don't know. It's it's difficult. Like I said, I think I'm leaning towards the over on this number as okay. well. Yeah, we both agree Hard not that. to think 600. So let's go okay. for it. All right, moving on. 2020 NFL Futures. This is also up on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Head on over there and check it out. This is most regular season passing yards. And here are the odds. We have Patrick Mahomes at plus 450, so about 5-1. to one. Prescott plus 650. No reason to bet this now. Let's just let's wait to see if this guy's going to play. I mean, I, I assume he will, but why would you bet this? It makes no sense. Uh, Matt Ryan, 8-1. to one. Phillip Rivers, I, I recognize Phillip Rivers had a ton of yards last year. Not interested at plus 8.5. Brady plus eight and a half, not interested. Why Jared Goff is this high, I have no idea. Why Stafford is this high, I also have no idea. And then Breeze, Breeze and Roethlisberger are both 13 to one. I actually like the guys who are even deeper down the list. Russell Wilson, 18 to one. I like Wentz, 19 to one. I would go with Mayfield, 19 to one over some of these. I wouldn't with Rodgers. I think that you illustrated those numbers are definitely coming down, although he threw for 4,000 yards last year. So is it just as simple as if Mahomes is healthy, you take him? Maybe we have a long shot for for someone here, but I don't love anyone outside of Mahomes at the top. I would have to throw a dart with Wentz or Mayfield or Russell Wilson, who you do not see pictured here. But those are the odds if we go a little bit deeper, 18 or 19 to 1. I, I really I don't see any of these middle-of-the-pack guys doing it. Or, or am I underestimating Matt Ryan? Maybe that's uh, I was just going to say, the one guy you're not talking about is Matt Ryan, who if you look at the average yards, he's pretty much, and he missed a couple games last year, but he's pretty much the leader. Uh, he Two years ago, he threw for almost 5,000 yards, and he's still got two incredibly talented wide receivers. Calvin Ridley, who I think is going to be the next emerging guy like Godwin was last year. I think it's going to be Calvin Ridley this year. And it might eat into a little bit of Julio Jones content, maybe down from 14 down to 13 or 12 or something like that. But it just seems to be going in that direction. And this is a team that threw the ball more than anybody last year. So that's the other thing you got to take into account. Like what offense is going to throw the football a lot now? Um, I also think that defense is bad. That's the other thing you have to look. Who's going to throw the ball a ton regardless? And on top of that, whose defense is going to keep them in games, quote, unquote? Sure. And I think Matt Ryan is going to be one of them that's going to have to constantly be putting his foot on the gas. And that's why at 8-1, to one, that's the sneaky one for me. Prescott was brilliant last year. I don't want to take anything away from Dak. He could absolutely win this. Mahomes he is could do easy it. money. Yeah. And and maybe the time to bet Dak is now because I don't know is this number going to move? Nah, if he signs? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, Not if enough. he signs an extension, that you don't think that changes. Let, maybe it's pl instead of plus six fifty, it's plus six twenty or six hundred. Okay. I, 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 there is, there is a little, there's a smidge. Of value here, but not a enough. A little, a mish, a, a small mish. That's how much. Swing and a mish. There a swing and a mish. There you go. I know why Jared Goff is on this. Why? It's because, well, for two reasons. Number one, he was close to leading the league two years ago. And on top of which, he has a zero running game theoretically right now. Now, there's some guys that you hope are going to fill that, whether it be Cam Akers or Henderson or Brown or some combination of all those. He didn't really They're have a running game last year either. He did not, but he it's it's going to really show this year, okay? Let me just tell you the difference. You thought it was something last year? It's going to be even more so this year. And McVay is another guy who is very apt to be aggressive with the football. So I wouldn't put money on him, but I understand why he's on an 11-1. to 1. It makes sense. I actually think that's kind of right on. Matt Ryan is the one for me. I think the dark horse here is Roethlisberger. Because, you know, even though that defense is very good in Pittsburgh, 
Roethlisberger, I think, is looking at a scenario where I don't think you can turn around and hand the ball to James Conner 260 times. I don't think that's happening. Now, maybe okay. Benny Snell takes over some of that workload. I don't know. But it seems like Roethlisberger is going to be very active, passing the ball down the field, moving the ball even to Juju in the slot, Connor out in the flat a little bit, and moving those sticks like that as opposed to just turning the ball and handing it off because I don't know how confident they are in these other guys. They haven't showed a lot of confidence yet. So that's another one. Stafford was on pace for this last year, by the way. Let's not forget that. I understand he got hurt. I understand he's older. But Stafford was on pace to lead the league at one point in time in this. So that's another guy. I throw All right. To to so keep let's, an eye on. let's end with this. Give me the top three bets, in your opinion. Uh, Ryan, number one for the best right. ROI. At eight to one. Uh, Mahomes okay. at number two because. Okay, four and a half to one. World. Sure. I think the last one for me would actually be Stafford. I think that's the last guy to land on there because that was quite a trend last year, and it was very eye-opening, that offense, the way they yeah, were. But you can't trust a guy with a bad back. Can't do I, it. I got you. I understand. They all go down, man. Careers end. Larry Bird, Don Mattingly. Like, it's just one after the next. They get a bad back, and then it's like, oh, they're done. No? I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong, but that's my answer. Who are your three? Okay. I don't have three, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna side with you on Ryan as my second favorite. I would I would take a long shot with Wentz, nineteen to one. I he, just I, don't believe in those wide receivers talent enough to carry him. I believe in him. I'm just worried about the wide receivers, but okay. that's fair. All right, maybe a tight end will get it done for him, like Zach Ertz or Dallas or, Goddard. And Speaking Goddard. of tight ends, we got some uh, really good draft hype on some tight ends right now in the early draft season. We'll hit that next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're watching SportsGrid. With the fantasy football season headed your way pretty fast, one of the fading talents in fantasy football is identifying tight ends at the beginning of the season. It's become uh, a chore, and it used to be something in fantasy that I would really focus on. Every year when I would play, I always felt very strongly about getting a good tight end. Why? You're playing head-to-head. And if you have a really good tight end, in all likelihood, there's only one or two other teams that will have it. And where in fantasy football can you go into a week and say, my my player has an advantage over your player? You, you almost can't because it's a lot of coin flipping going on in fantasy and a lot of luck. But every year I would have Gates and every year I would have Tony Gonzalez and every year I would have Ben Coates. Like I just I made sure that I had a good tight end because I knew that I was going to be playing against somebody seven weeks out of the year that I was going to outscore by five or 10 points. And a lot of times that can come down to the difference. Uh, That has become very difficult to do now because we simply don't really have more than one or two guys that you can count on. They've sort of suffered through injuries. And beyond that, it's become uh, a little bit of a wasteland. Now, last year, Joe, outside of Zach Ertz and outside of uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, the kid Darren Waller on Oakland Mm -hmm. essentially became a star. And so that was a nice add to the season and I believe that he'll be back in a big way here in 2020 as well. But uh, there are some tight ends in the early part of the June draft season, especially in what we would call the best ball format. For those of you who don't know, best ball means you draft a team and then you just don't do anything, and that's your team for the whole season. There are some other tight ends that seem to be climbing in your mind. Well, there are, and this is kind of what's happening out there as people are looking for who are the next Darren Waller candidates. And another guy, too, that kind of emerged seemingly out of nowhere was Mark Andrews. You know, and what Waller had going for him, people forget, was hard knocks. We were watching this story about this kid, and I don't know about you, Craig, but I took a couple flyers on him because I saw the size, I saw the speed, I saw the talent, I saw the need for somebody to catch the ball in that offense, and I never thought Waller was going to be as good as he was. Uh, But I think that had he not been on hard knocks, people would have been even slower to pick him up off waiver wires, potentially. I think that was something that actually, in some ways, worked against his fantasy value because... People saw him and kind of knew who he was and identified him. And the casual fans started to know just from the power of television. And uh, Andrews being so good, too, meant that it was expendable for Hayden Hurst to move on to another team. He's moved on to Atlanta and replaced 
uh, Austin Hooper, who had a really good season last year. He was really, I mean, I'm, again, injury also kind of derailed what could have been even better. But at the same time, 97 targets last year, that's a lot. Now, he's not going to get all of those targets, Hayden Hurst. But I think what you want to look at is this was a guy last year who had uh, who was um, who finished last year in the top eight in terms of yards per target. He had some moments there in some of these games where he was showing you that he could run good routes. He was a guy that could get uh, deeper into the field than other guys at the position. And that is very exciting when you consider that. Matt Ryan does like to throw to the tight end historically. So that is a good combination of things. And a lot of people are looking at Hayden Hurst as a potential breakout. I think there is that potential, but at the same time, I don't want everybody to just think, oh, everything that was Austin Hooper's is now Hayden Hurst, because I don't think that's true. I think when Sanu left last year, you saw the target volume go way, way up for Calvin Ridley. And I think Ridley and Julio Jones are going to be there. And whoever the tight end is going to be actually fourth behind Todd Gurley in terms of receptions. Yeah, Where did Hooper end up? Uh, he ended up in Cleveland uh, with the Browns, so Cleveland. we'll see how that okay. goes. All right, yeah, okay. I'm I'm curious on him. He had a really good year. Um, yeah, a lot I, of people uh, are down on him, actually. Believe it or not, because no, he ended I, up in I Cleveland. think there'll be a I think there'll be a bounce back for Baker. I, uh, you kinda, know what's I funny, like man? Cleveland. I think it's the hate on Austin Hooper. It's kind of funny we're talking about this. I almost put him on this list because the hate has been so much in the early going of draft season that it feels like people aren't even respecting Hooper at all, which is kind of weird. I mean, Baker Mayfield has potential still. Let's not write him off completely either. Yeah, no, I I, I think that he could be okay. Um, yeah, Hurst certainly, as you mentioned with Atlanta, it does feel like the tight end is always a part of their game plan. But I, I don't know that Hurst will be the top three or t- top four guys, but I could see him being a spot type starter. I, I don't know that he takes that next step. So that's kind of where I am. Uh, there, the interesting name that you brought up here is is Jonu Smith. I, I feel like Jonu Smith of the Titans is that guy that is that tight end that everybody wants to be good, but never ends up really being that good. And and we've had the and I could go back the last ten years and find those guys. Like maybe OJ Howard is a good example. Of How about that Trey Burton just two years ago? <laughs> guys that we all think are going to eventually be really good, but they never really become that good. Who was the tight end um, on the, the Chargers? What was that guy's name that was after Gates? What was it? Green? What was his first name? Oh, no. You're talking about Green, but I, I mean, right now. No, Ladarius Green. Wasn't Ladarius. there a guy named Ladarius Green? He was, but he was kind oh, of. Oh, there was. Oh, there was. Hype well, there was Virgil Green. There was Ladarius. There was a couple Greens there, actually, at the time. Any, anyway, but, they, I feel like uh, Jonu Smith is that next right. guy. And Hunter Henry's that oh, guy there now. But we've been waiting for Hunter oh, Henry. He's going to be Jonu Smith. He's going to be, you know, until until they do it, mm-hmm. it's, you know, for me, I'm. Well, Look, everybody thought Hunter Henry was going to be that guy, and then he got hurt, and and that yeah, was another well, guy not, who yeah, he got hurt, right? So. And then that's difficult. What Johnny Smith has going for him is, I think this is more of a uh, more of a people who are more dedicated fantasy footballers are going to know this name. I think most people who are the general casual leagues are not going to know who Johnny Smith is, and Maybe that's so. what makes him potentially uh, more appealing for people who watch the show and play in those kind of leagues because Delaney Walker is is done. That's it. It's over now. And did he retire? Ryan, uh, yeah, he's no, well, he's no longer with them. I'm not sure if he latched okay. on with another team or not with an invite, but he's not with the team anymore. Um, but he had so many injuries too. He just wasn't able to get on the field, but I think you are absolutely right. There's enormous risk with Johnny Smith. Everyone's only seeing the upside and not the risk, but I think the upside is somewhat warranted because when you look at the body of work of Tannehill, he's not the guy that's going to be throwing the ball downfield a ton. Now, AJ Brown had some moments last year, but again, they were incredibly efficient ones, which means that. You know, he really made the most out of everything. There's got to be another option somewhere because Derrick Henry's not a big pass catcher. He will, I think, catch more balls out of the backfield this year. I think that's something they're going to try to do with him. But I think when you're looking at Johnny Smith, I think what people are seeing is potential target volume. Now, I don't know how much touchdown upsides there, too. Uh, until Derrick Henry stops being able to just run the ball so damn easily into the end zone, there's no reason to go anywhere else. And I think they're going to continue to do that. But I think in those tight end premium leagues like Scott Fishbowl, I think in those leagues where you play two tight ends, which is ludicrous, or the deeper leagues when you're looking at 14 or 16 teams, I think that a guy like Johnny Smith from a target potential standpoint is very intriguing because I think he does fit more of the offense that they're probably going to run. And there really isn't a, quote, secondary target right now out there. Uh, Unfortunately, Corey Davis never lived up to the hype. And A.J. Brown's kind of by himself, which means somebody's going to be open besides him, and Jonu Smith might be that guy. Yeah. Um, Like Kyle Rudolph is another one of those tight end types that everyone thought was, you know, eventually going to be good. Uh, Trey Burton, 
Uh, Safarian Jenkins is, is another name of a tight end that everybody liked. Uh, Injoku is another one, too. Like, I keep going. Like, everyone tries to make some guys things, and um, and they're not. Well, I mean, some people are trying to make Rob Gronkowski a thing again, too, and I'm a little sketch on that, too. There are some people who are buying in and saying, hey, I don't care how many targets he gets or how many balls he catches, he's going to catch touchdowns. And they might be right. And that's the sneaky thing about tight end is all you need to do to be a tight end one every week is one thing, catch a touchdown. You catch a touchdown, you're a tight end one scorer that week. And that is a huge thing. And we all know Rob Gronkowski has historically been Tom Brady's favorite red zone target. And I don't know if that's going to change necessarily just because they're in Tampa together. So when you're looking at that in at least a standard league, no PPR, is that something that makes you consider Rob Gronkowski at all? No. You're just completely (laughs) off. I'm I'm with you. I'm completely out as well. I saw a guy who had lost more than a step, and I understand a year off can make you feel really good, but it's still a year off away from football, and that concerns me. Noah Fant is the one I have my eye on, to t- be honest with you. If you miss out on all the tight ends in the middle, and, and all the guys you were talking about, like Antonio Gates, uh, you were talking about some other tight ends that you used to always want on your team, even Tony Gonzalez in the, you know towards the later years too. The one thing they have in common is you didn't have to pay the premium like you have to for Gronk in past years where he was like the end of the first round or the the great Jimmy Graham years. I always think it's difficult to pay for a tight end like that, like Kelsey or or Kittle or Ertz, because you're putting yourself behind in getting those bell cow running backs. However, I think that soft middle of tight end is where you make up ground. It's the guys like Andrews and Waller, the guys who are not quite at that elite tier necessarily, but can produce elite weeks. You know, it's actually a lot of good tight ends. And now that I'm thinking about it, there may be five good tight ends going into the year. It's better than you think, for sure. Uh, I mean, if you have have Kelsey, as you consider good, you have Ertz, you consider good. You have uh, Kittle, who's definitely good. You have mm-hmm. Waller, that's definitely good. That's four. Who am I missing? There's a fifth one. Uh, you have Evan Ingram, who I, I still uh, am oh, not no, ready. Andrews. Well, maybe not, but, but I'm Andrews. I'm not ready to give up on him. Uh, you have Andrews, Andrews Evan five. Ingram. Solid five. There is a solid five. I would even say a solid six because I, I'm not ready to give up on Evan Ingram quite yet. I think he's a talent. Uh, then after that, you have Jared Cook. This is according to Black Book Relative Position Value. You have Jared Cook. You have Austin Hooper. Hunter Henry, Tyler Higby, Hayden Hurst, and Noah Fant. Right. It does drop off. But I think if you miss out, let's say that there's guys on the board that you want, that you really covet, and you miss the elite. You don't want to go for the elite tier, but you miss out on the middle tier. Then I think maybe taking a shot at somebody like Fant and Hurst and maybe going back-to-back rounds or if you have a wheel pick, just taking two of them, I think one of them will pan out. And I was impressed last year when I saw it at Noah Fant because it's very rare you get any productivity out of a rookie tight end. We've seen that with O.J. Howard, with Njoku, with all the guys that you listed before, especially in their rookie year. They did hardly anything, let alone their entire career. But you saw some glimpses there with Fant, and there's one thing that we know about young quarterbacks is they tend to check down a lot. They tend to kind of look for the safety valve for the tight ends, and you'll see in a lot of offenses those guys do a little bit better and you know, sometimes at the expense of targets for the wide receivers. But that's why I think Fant is so interesting this year, because I think they're going to be able to get him loose in space quite a bit with Melvin Gordon catching passes, with Judy and Sutton on both ends. That middle is going to be wide open for somebody, and I think Noah Fant could be that guy. And again, he's basically tight end 12 on the board, 13, depending on who you talk to. In the black book, I have him as my last tight end one, because I think that scenario in that Denver offense is very appealing to me. Yeah, I mean, you. we talked about him last year before the year, and I told you what I thought about him. I think he's got a shot to be the best tight end in football. Um, he was great at Iowa. Um, you know, Hawkinson was okay, but, you know, Fant was the better guy. And you'll in a couple of years, we'll be talking about Fant in that category, in the top three, top two category. There's no question. It's just my concern is for the overall offense of the Broncos. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I'm wrong on the Brock, if I'm wrong, I, I don't think the Broncos offense is going to be very good. If I'm wrong, Noah Fant's going to be a superstar. So, and I'm hoping he will, because he was a superstar at Iowa. They would just run him and, and Hawkinson out. They had no yep. wide receivers. And, um, and it's just that Fant wasn't as good as a blocker uh, as Hawkinson was. And so there was some thought process going into last year that because of that, that was going to hold him back. And and honestly, uh, both guys didn't really do much the first few weeks. But then all of a sudden, Fant showed, I think, who he is. And he will be somebody that I'll be interested in uh, fantasy this year. All right. Father's Day is coming up Sunday. A potential gift if you're interested. Maybe are, maybe aren't. But Cameo's got some pretty interesting celebrities doing Zoom calls. Maybe you want to throw some money down. Maybe not. I'll tell you about it next. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. One of the interesting dynamics of being at home has given opportunities for people to buy gifts for uh, folks that they never thought that they would be diving into. And simply put, it's sometimes harder to give a gift to somebody when you can't see them. And so we've had to come up with different ideas. Of course, a lot of us have a laundry list over on Amazon. I know that I am one of them that's always clicking my orders every single day. Of course, eBay is, is somewhere where you could buy a lot of stuff, cards or, or you know anything that you want, you can get there too. Uh, but over the last year, something that's you know sort of become popular, it's really interesting, is uh, this company Cameo that came out that essentially you can get a celebrity by sending them a few bucks they send you back a video to your phone. And and some of them are pretty good. And, uh, you know, I, I think that people are probably familiar with Cameo, but, you know, sort of the reason why I wanted to bring this up is that uh, yesterday an interesting story popped up. It may have been two days ago where the actor Jeremy Piven, uh, it was reported that he was asking $15,000 for a, <laughs> for a Zoom call of a certain amount of time. It may have been five, 10 minutes. I don't remember what it was. Now, I don't know if that was true or not. It was kind of making its way around the internet and then all of a sudden it was off of of zoom site apparently or a cameo site apparently so i thought that it would be interesting because look we're not doing a commercial here for cameo although i have used them a lot i'm not really interested in talking about that i am interested in talking about these zoom calls that they have set up that you can now uh, talk back and forth to a celebrity for a certain amount of money, which is different. Usually it's just one way. You pay, they send you the video, and then you're done. Uh, so let's take a look, uh, Joe, at some of the options that uh, Cameo has. They have a lot more than this, but I thought that these were at least some pretty decent talking points, and we'll go through them one by one. Uh, Brett Favre is, is at the top here in terms of price. I think there may have been a couple of others that were more expensive, but not ones that would be interesting for this show. But uh, Brett Favre is $300, Joe. So uh, for 10 for ten minutes or five minutes, would you do a Zoom call with Brett Favre for $300? Would that make it interesting? I think maybe what we should do is just why, – why can't we just put $300 and have him on this show? That's <laughs> <laughs> a good idea. Do Brett Favre on Fantasy Sports. We can, get Dice Clay. we can have Andrew Dice Clay on the show tomorrow. Well, I don't know if we want Andrew Dice Clay. We are PG-13 still. And, uh, you know, he's, he's still doing the same material he was in the 80s for the most part. But uh, – Brett Favre, I love Brett Favre. I do. I'm a Brett Favre guy. Always have been. Always will be. I think he's fun. I think he's a. Uh, I think he's a football player who happened to play quarterback, and I love that about him. But no, I'm not paying three hundred dollars. But I think if the network would like to, you know, maybe <clears throat> have a cameo appearance, maybe if you will, of Brett Favre right? on our show. We don't, to, we don't need to book guests anymore. Nobody needs to, to know about site, this. Go Brett, on I, Zoom. This is. I want our producer Brett to know. You take a look at this list. If you see Gal Gadot on this list for me, I would love for you to get her on the show. We can sit and chat with her. I'm sure there's a lot of people like that. We can uh, maybe Scarlett Johansson. We can go and talk to her a little bit. Heck, let's get Robert Downey on. I'd love to interview Iron Man. That'd be awesome. Let's do that. I think that's definitely where we would want. Uh, Sinbad is in our budget. Uh, I was just been told that we can get Sinbad. We can't afford $65 uh, for Sinbad. We, we can get Sinbad on there. I bet he, you know what? I bet Sinbad would be a good 13-minute spot. Uh, I bet you he'd be fun. So I would take him there. So well, maybe listen, we could, we could talk it over with the powers that be and, and throw and you know throw some pay, PayPal bucks over at uh, Sinbad for $65. Also, here's the other uh, names on the list. Andrew Dice Clay, $299. Uh, I mentioned Sinbad. Ian Ziering. Do you know who Ian Ziering is? I know who Ian this is. This, I understand Andrew Dice Clay. Ian Ziering or Ian Ziering, whatever. The guy from 90210. Who yeah. wants to have a camp? What? Is this like this huge 90210? Oh my god! Like this is like the girl Sharknado who was a teenager in the 90s for Sharknado. No, he was in Sharknado. He was in the. Why are you saying Sharknado? It's Sharknado. It's not called a tornado. It's called a tornado. It's not Nolan. It's not a Nolan tornado like Arenado. It's a tornado. You say either. I've never heard anybody say. Ew! You have a monocle when you say it. Perhaps, but. I would be very worried if there was a Sharknado coming on to uh, Florida anytime soon. That would be very worrisome. Uh, but Ian Ziering, really? I mean, 
really? <laughs> oh, I guess that's some sort of teeny bopper fantasy that you put in no, there. But I, I, I look, it's not that unrealistic. I mean, people are bored. They have money. They have nothing to do. <laughs> no matter how bored I am, I don't know if I want to hang out with Ian Ziering or Ian Ziering, whatever. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm good. Tony Hawk sounds like fun though. That's the next one on the list. 200 like bucks. That. That's not bad. I, I would actually, I wouldn't pay 295, but I'd let sports cred pay 295 for the next one. Cause I'd love to talk to Sean Astin. I am a Goonies fanatic. Uh, I am a Lord of the Rings nerd. Uh, I would absolutely love to get him on the show. He also was Rudy for God's sakes. We could do yes, sports. That's true. We could do yeah. other. We, that you know what? If we don't get Brett Favre, I think we go right for Sean Astin. If they if they balk at the price tag for Brett Favre at three hundred, you say all right for for two ninety five we can get Sean Astin. We get Rudy. Come on, right? I mean that's like the a best- no brainer. The best is is that when we we tell Sean Aston we're doing it, he's like, "Ah, oh, already." Or like, "Yeah, what's your what's your Skype name?" What do you mean? We're on Zoom. I'm like, "Oh, we're using." Skype. Oh well, you know what? I think for that one day we could do it on Zoom. I think for that one day we'll make it work. Hello, Brett. Do we have Sean Aston? Hey, sure. if we're gonna get a big time actor like Sean Aston on this, this I mean, you know, actually just watched him a couple nights ago on Fifty First Dates where he plays the uh, the wacky. Yes, brother. that's right. He's pretty, you know, there's one of the great careers, right? You talk about a kid who was in movies since he was what, probably like eight years old, all the way, you know, and I know he had famous parents growing up, and I understand that he was kind of born into the business. But you know what, man? He seems like a really good dude. And he's good friends with uh, D.B. Sweeney, who I'm actually friends with on Facebook. They have a little web series the two of them put together just for fun, the two of them. And it's it's kind of amusing. And D.B. Sweeney, for those who forget, uh, also played Shoeless Joe Jackson in Eight Men Out. So maybe we get them all on. Maybe we do a little thing about the web series, talk about Eight Men Out, talk about Rudy. It's sports. It's entertainment. It's fantasy sports today. I mean, it all works. I'm sure they'll talk fantasy football with us, right? Uh, what are the chances those guys are both of them don't right? Listen, I, it's not a bad idea at all to to have to go through guest booking like this. Um, and I wonder if other people have thought about that because literally we could be just recording it and playing it. We just be like, look, we're using this for a TV show. What are I gonna say? No. <laughs> Well, I guess that is the one question. There, there's the cameo caveat. Is there a thing where you can't record it, where you're not allowed? But I imagine like you're you're doing it, and they're like, Uh, I mean, I I know to have it and remember the conversation. I mean, you as the host can can record Zoom meetings, but you as a guest, I don't believe can. So it would be either getting permission or getting some ability to be able to record, if I'm not mistaken. All right, Brett, you've got a long weekend ahead of you here, but go figure this out. Really? What's going on Monday? He's got a long weekend. No, he's got a long weekend ahead of him of of figuring this out for us. Oh, of figuring it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who's who's on your number one? Uh, Do you have somebody that you would like who maybe is not not on the cameo list? Not really. Not in particular. I wouldn't be too big on this. Like, I would feel, this is one of those that I would feel that I could probably get somebody to do this if I really tried hard. Yeah, now, well, there's some it, actors I could never called, get. It's called stalking, Craig. It's, that's, I, that's, I, I think I could accomplish this, but I will tell you that just for, not from on the Zoom angle, but just through Cameo, my family has used this quite a bit. We ha- we have had different uh, celebrities. Uh, Jackie the Joke Man, Martling, we paid to do something for my father-in-law. He told some jokes um, and now sends jokes, I think, through email, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Jackie the Joke Man was on the Howard Stern Show for many years, yeah. so... He goes back. Um, Bethany Frankel, my wife bought for my mother-in-law, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Uh, Susie Essman from Curb Your Enthusiasm That's was another one. one that I, I heard think a curse was, at you. I, I think Susie she was Essman, not that cheap. She was not that cheap, if I'm not mistaken. Well, she made it a bit more expensive. She's she's got she's got better things to do than to talk to you, you jerk, right? Like that's I feel like she would just yell at you. You're basically you're paying. Susie Esmond to yell at someone in your family for, I don't know, five minutes. And you know what? That might be worth it. That's a good one. I wouldn't mind Larry David either, who would just like, yeah, you know, that's, maybe, yeah, that's, he's not maybe I'll get him for you for your birthday next year. And he could go, okay. you know, Craig, miss you. That's so great. I'll tell you an exercise that's really, really rude and unfair to do, but we have done it in my house. <laughs> is to look at all of the people and say, what? I would never pay $20 for that. Like they're legitimately like, no offense minor league baseball players that are like, Hey, hit me up on cameo. And I'm like, Listen, what? Like, you're not going to believe this, but some of the guys in the fantasy football industry, like uh, Mike Tagliere was going to come on the show this week with us. I know he's done cameos where people like he will make fun of somebody in your league for taking somebody and all this stuff. So there's like a, an underground I mean, I cameo free, thing, man. I like right. 
pay me to do that. Yeah, but, you know, hey, if you can make a little coin off of it, there's nothing wrong with that. So, listen, I mean, people have Patreon accounts, too, and I and look, I, right. everyone's trying to make a buck. I understand that. But I suppose for me, it's like low-level or lower-level uh, football, baseball, basketball athletes who are doing that. I understand it. They need to make money, too. And in all likelihood, remember, they have agents that are also making these suggestions. So, I, you know, I totally, I totally get it. But, like, I've had to say to my son, like, my son was on there one time. I'm like, listen, there's no possible way that we're doing that. Like, like why? Like, like Daddy, look who's on Cameo. I'm like, what? Like, no way. Let me see. Give me the iPad. Let me see. I'm like, really? Wow. Okay. And I give it back. You know? uh, yeah. It's it's definitely some weird thing. I can think of a couple people that it would be fun. Like I said, the Susie Espen one sounds like a good time. And there there's a handful of others, you know, maybe, like, a favorite musical artist or something like that. But they, you're not going to get, like, Taylor Swift to do one for your daughter, a Cameo. You know, maybe, no. like, if Taylor Swift, how much that would have to be? It would be, like, 10, you know, 50 grand. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. Minutes, uh, yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's uh, maybe, You know what? I wonder what wrestlers are on there too, because that might be fun. Like, there, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. I mean, I mean, that might be fun too for the kids. Like, you know. But again, I feel like I could make that work too. Like, I could make a couple calls and eventually get to the person I do have connections probably to be able to do that. I do, but you know what? Hogan. I mean, like that's an example of a guy we probably would have to pay for. Yeah. Well, I will tell you this. I don't. Maybe. I, I think it's. I think it's fun that people are doing more interactive gifts. I'm actually somebody who always likes to do gifts of going places. Like I like to get people tickets for concerts, for shows, for things, you know, like that's experiences. <laughs> that was I know. And this is why I'm struggling. And that's the point I'm making is this is a tough time for gift giving for me because I'm somebody who likes to say, Hey, I got you this. We're going to go see the wrestling show or we're going to go to the ball game. We're going to do this. You know, and you can't do that right now. Hopefully again someday, but that's a little frustrating. Like I'm a concert kind of guy and all that stuff. And, Gift giving gets very weird. I guess this is something you could do in the meantime in that little experience. But you know what? I get to be here, you know, talking to you all, every day. That's and it's the best like, part of it. I'm always like with a famous. Cameo, but you don't even well, have to pay, I mean, pay I just, us. yeah, I feel like I'm always in the presence of greatness here on the show. So, you know, anything else, you know, after that, Brett Favre, I mean, who cares? But I, I'll tell you what. The more I think about the Sean Astin one, I think that's a really good investment. Well, you talk, I really talk to Sussman and Cardano, and if they will approve it, um, and you can make it happen. I will. I will actually pay a portion of this to 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 make it happen for you as my Father's Day president uh, present to you. If you can convince them to chip in, I will. I will chip in for sure. Uh, I don't think I'll be making a salary that week. Maybe if we start doing some of these, <laughs> I will. Pay but, for that. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, who who needs the like the sports guys? We've got you to pull on the sports guys and all the your your friends, you know. Sports, yeah. I wouldn't do it, but with celebrities, I, I you know I would I would consider it. But anyway, thanks again to Howard Bender for coming on the show, and thanks again to Brett, Danny, and Ryan for producing our program today. That'll do it. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern. Make sure you stay on the grid the rest of the day. Scott Farrell coming up a little bit later, coast to coast in game live. Gabe Morency, Cam Stewart. All of our friends are going to be here 24-7 for you here on Sports Grid during this time. For Joe Pizzapi, I'm Craig Vish. See you tomorrow, 11 a.m. right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Have a great night, everybody. See ya. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.